Good morning. How are you? Everybody doing good? You excited about this week and the next couple of days with Brother Jim? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So I can tell you just uh, picking him up at the airport last night and having some time together and discussing some things has really been uh, great. And what he's bringing to you this uh, next couple of days is going to, it'll change your life. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And uh, we just want to jump in. This is our 10 o'clock class. I normally last about 30 minutes. And, and we just uh, seek the Lord. A lot of times we've been doing a discipleship class. We're going to put that on pause this week and just let Brother Jim share whatever uh, the Lord is bringing through him. So, Jim Hockaday, come on okay. up. All right. So, good to see you. Thanks. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for being here. All right. <clears throat> well, this is uh, like a little starter for me before we get to the main event, right? In just a little bit. So, let's, uh, as small of a group as this is, let's go ahead and just make this real um, kind of like friendly and and where we have question and answer, or at least where we have interaction with one another. So I'm going to read a passage of scripture, and then we'll open it up for some discussion here. I'm over in Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm starting in verse 21, and I'm in the Message Bible. And that doesn't mean I use the message every single time, but in this case, I like the way that it reads. It's talking about relationships, and it says, Out of respect for Christ... Be courteously reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that shows or show your support for Christ. The husband provides the leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should also likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words invoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Dazzling her in, or excuse me, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And this is why a man leaves father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. Wow, it almost seems heavy. You can feel the air right now, just really thick. Well, I wanted to read this because, you know, the husband and wife relationship, and you could in a sense say any relationship, but we're talking here about a husband and wife relationship, it emulates really what God wants to do with us as people, okay? And so for a moment here, let's all assume, all right, I know that we're all at different levels in our relationships, relationships that we have with friends, relationships that we have uh, with family. And so in other words, if you're not married here, it doesn't mean you don't count, okay? Because there's all kinds of relationships that we have. A relationship with a husband and wife. Let's pretend for just a second that our relationships are amazingly perfect in every way, okay? 
we all know we're at different places of growth. How many of you ever had experiences where it seemed like you kind of conquered a particular area with your wife or with your husband, only to have it resurface, you know, six or eight months later, and you feel like, I'm kind of right back at the start. I thought we kind of got over this, and we were moving on. So I say that to say it's a never-ending cycle of continuing to keep yourself day by day in a place of activity that's moving forward. You're trying to progress this relationship. You're trying to have a better relationship. There's things that you need to do. <clears throat> There's things, obviously, you want to get from that relationship, but you're trying to get your mind off of that and, and get your mind on what can I give in this relationship. All right. So let's just talk to one another for a moment. What kind of things in a relationship, husband and wife mainly, but it could be friends, what kind of things do we do that cause that relationship to be better? Anybody, anything. Serve each other. Serve each other. Okay, so you say serve each other. So if you're going to serve somebody, you probably have to have some thought in it, right? Look at all that's uh, um, taking place even here at this church this morning. There's people here that are um, probably volunteers. There's some that are, are paid uh, on staff. And there has been much thought even before this 10 o'clock service. I'm looking at water bottles back there that are lined up pretty perfectly. <laughs> I'm looking at a white box there that I didn't look at when I first came in. I'm thinking there probably might be something in there that I would even <laughs> like. I'm looking at coffee pots and I'm looking at um, cups there and, and it looks like you got sugar and it looks like you got all kinds of creamer and different things there that are necessary to make that just right. I'm also looking at some napkins back there just in case you got messy. Oh, look, we look at a bookshelf over here. Things are lined up perfectly. There's even napkins there, I'm, or, or excuse me, or Kleenex there. I'm looking at the book table over here. I didn't actually do that. My book table, somebody did, and look at how nicely they did that. A uh, real nice job that's all displayed better than most of the places that I go. I want to take a picture almost, you know. <laughs> so I'm thinking about all this. Before I came out here, uh, I put on a microphone because I was preparing to come out here and, in a sense, serve. I'm saying that to say there's a lot of thought that's necessary if you're going to serve one another. Isn't that correct? Yeah. So serving one another could be a nice statement, but if you really break it down, it means there's a lot of thought. So what kind of thought do we put into our spouse or our friends? Is there thought that's put there? Is everything just as it comes, which means there's probably a lot of things left out. Right? Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, this is all relating to how we are developing a relationship that should be just like a husband and wife relationship with the Lord. Anybody else? Some thoughts about, okay, this is all, if you're sitting next to your spouse and you know what you're going to say, you're not really good at it but you know you should be good at it, you can even use those phrases too, even if your spouse is going to go like this. Hey, you, have, you haven't done that in a long time, you know? Um, that's one of the, the hardest parts about being a preacher. There's times where things will come out of my mouth that I know is the Holy Ghost, and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to myself say them, and inwardly I'm cringing, going, oh, God, that is not even close to me, you know, and I'm saying it. So uh, it's okay. Anything else? Communication. Communication. All right, communication. So, yeah, that's a big one. 
How many of you ever tried to communicate something and it seemed like you were saying it this way and they were hearing it this way? Huh? Does that have anything to do with uh, being different in personality from your spouse or from your friend? Hmm? Which goes back to communication. Another word that would go with communication is interpretation. Right? How you interpret things. I'm communicating one way, but it's getting interpreted a whole nother way, right? My wife and I, we've pretty much had to settle on the fact of saying, let's just believe the best about each other when it comes to communicating. We've kind of had to settle on that because she doesn't say it like I wanted to say it. I mean, I remember this one time she said what she said, and it had about 40 knives and daggers stick, <laughs> sticking to it. I felt like I got pricked all over the place. And my response back was, did, did you happen to, to think about what you were saying before you said that? She said, you know, I was trying my best to figure out the best way to say it. And she said, that's all that came out. And I thought, okay. Okay. So, and how many times have I said things? And it's just had a punch that came, you know, a knockout punch to it, you know. So communication is one thing, but how we interpret that communication. What do you think about the Lord? And how he's communicating with us. And how we're communicating with him. All that really has a lot to do with this, doesn't it? Someone else. So we've got servant, which entails what? Serving one another, which entails thought. Right? Right? Meaning. Not just spur of the moment, running around like, you know, chicken with the head cut off. Then we've got communication, which also has the whole idea of how do we interpret our communication. Someone else. Yes. Appreciation. So how we appreciate one another. So that would carry with it the idea of acts of service, wouldn't it? Doing things for, for one another. How we appreciate them. How we show our appreciation. Do we show it with words? Do we show it with deeds? See, what I'm getting to this morning is really one of the first things that we ever did on our radio show years ago. And it was. It's wild that it's been years ago. But um, probably almost four, well, coming on in, no, in August, it'll be four years. That's, that's wild. Time flies. And that is the whole, uh, at the ranch there, my, my friend BJ and I, um, it would entail the whole idea of the ranger theory. That's what he calls it. That's because his dog's name is Ranger. It's a female Labrador retriever, probably about 85 pounds, and it's a chocolate lab. And she just happens to be very smart. I mean, she can tell the difference between a Phillips screwdriver and a regular screwdriver. He did that because if he was working, he could say, you know, Ranger, go get the Phillips screwdriver, and she could go get it. That's pretty handy, right? Uh, She knows the difference of the rock station on the, the, which button to push on uh, to the easy listening station, you know. And he can just tell her, and she can just do it. So there's a lot of things that she does. Very interesting dog. I mean, when you go over there, she just really talks to you. I mean, she's doing her best to talk to you, you know. And, and uh, it's, 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 it's great to see. I mean, it's wonderful. Well, everywhere he goes, you can imagine, he gets the statement thrown out to him. Wow, your dog is so smart. It's just the smartest dog I've ever seen. And to that, he replies, my dog isn't any smarter than your dog. Now, we do know that I'm sure some breeds of, of dogs seem to have a little bit more 
awareness of what's going on than others. <laughs> I feel that way with our two dogs at home, you know. One seems to be pretty sharp and the other is kind of just there, you know. <laughs> but nonetheless, the point is he's making is every dog has the potential to be smart. So he'll ask the question. And the question is, how much time do you spend with your dog? And they'll then, of course, get a little quiet, and the response obviously varies, but the majority of the responses, like 9 out of 10, are all around the, the area of not much time do they spend with their dog. Maybe it's in the kennel part of the day, maybe it's tied up to a tree part of the day, maybe it's in a gated area part of the day, oh, I'm never really home, I see it a little bit at night and pet it a little bit. And then they'll ask the question, well, how much do you spend, time would you spend with your dog? And his reply is, since Ranger was a little puppy and I got her, she's been by my side 24 hours a day. And really true. I mean, there are certain things out on the ranch that he does. Maybe it would be a dangerous situation possibly for her, so he'll leave her in the house. Certain type of weather or something, you know, he may leave her in the house. But for the most part, I mean, in the truck, going, everything. I mean, she's there. And he's talking with her. And he treats her like she understands. And she understands a ton of what's going on. There's a real bond there. <coughs> and he worked with her for four hours straight to teach her the difference between a regular screwdriver and a Phillips screwdriver. Well, who would give four hours of their time? Well, he, he's not married, and there's no one else on the ranch, so he has the time to do that. So there's your difference. So the ranger theory is you can have as much as you want of God, you can have it as often as you want, and you can go as far as you'd like with God in your relationship. So when you say ranger theory, what you're saying is, in a sense, how smart's your dog? You know? How, how uh, inventive and creative is your relationship with God? So we come to appreciation, and then we thank God for service and communication. And all these things are important, aren't they? To what? To, to a connection with a friend, with uh, a loved one, with a spouse. You know, when you look at the word connection, you look at these words, time, tangibility, and shared experiences. Time, tangibility, shared experiences. Those three words, really, in my thoughts, encompass the idea of a connection. Because if you have very little time with one another, you're more of an uh, acquaintance, aren't you? And how intimate are people that are acquaintances? Well, they're not intimate at all. It's just, hey, I know him. Um, yeah, Steve, Steve, how are you doing? That could be an acquaintance. Or someone you see every week. So it's a, hey, Steve, how's it going? Good things happening? All right, we'll see you. And you're on your way. That's an acquaintance. You may share just a brief couple of thoughts with them. But that's about it. So we ask ourselves the question, time, tangibility, shared experiences. Shared experiences are going to take care of their own as long as you have time and tangibility. Now think about it. You've got this long-distance relationship. Anybody ever have one of those in your life? Okay. I, I've, you know, especially if you've 
moved from where you grew up and went somewhere, possibly to study or be in you know, school somewhere, you probably have encountered some type of a long-distance relationship because I've moved all over the place, traveled this, that, and the other. I remember before I got married, a couple of long-distance relationships, and they're not fun. Why? Because there's no tangibility. And that love letter that you got, you know, you can read it a thousand times. And it still doesn't bring any tangibility. It's just thoughts in your head, right? I mean, there's nothing like being able to be there, right? Be next to that person. Have a physical touch with that person, right? So if it's all just in letter form, how far can the relationship really go? Can it be intimate? And the answer is no, it can't be intimate. It can't get that close. It, it keeps itself at a particular distance. We want time and we want tangibility. Just like the Word of God. The Bible is a love letter to you. It's a letter that shows you that you can experience somebody personally. You can spend time with them and they can become tangible to you. And the more time you spend with them, the more tangible they are, what are you going to have? You're going to have shared experiences. So now take some of the words that we have, serving one another, communicating with one another, appreciating one another, and put those into the word connection and relate that to how we go about our day to connect with God. Are we in a place of serving the Lord where we're they're putting actual time and thought and meditation into what would best serve my partner. Man, there's a book put out years ago called The Five Love Languages. I don't know if anybody's ever read it. I think, was it the guy's name Smalley? That Chapman. Chapman. Okay. Um, so, Five Love Languages, Gary Chapman. Uh, I actually did read the book, even though I didn't get the author's <laughs> name right. Actually, I thought that book, personally, this is just me personally, I thought that book for a husband and wife is probably one of the best that there is, only because it keeps it simple. It keeps it simple. In other words, instead of coming out of that book and having uh, 40 commands to learn, you come out of that book and have really, once you discover what your spouse's love language is, you have one and possibly two uh, things to actually learn. My wife loves gifts. My wife loves quality time. Okay, well then focus all my attention and my meditation on having quality time with her and what else? And gift giving. And that has to be created because you can't just spend money every single day. You know, you, you, you don't have enough to do that. So you have to become creative in gift giving. If that's, if that's your spouse's deal. If, if the husband is words, usually is words uh, of encouragement and, uh, and then also physical touch. So then a woman would be what? She'd be thinking all day long, keeping her mind on, how to just walk by and just touch him. Something that has to do with a touch, a hug. Something small, but something that just says, I'm here. And then how to put her words on encouragement. Yeah. How have things gone today? Well, I'm really proud of you. That's awesome. Thank you for taking care of that. The smallest of little things. If you gave him five things, these are five things that are really important for you to do. Oh, honey, I'll get those done. And he got one of them done. And, and really, the negativity is, it'd be easier to say, what happened to the four? But if you're going to be wise, you're going to do what? You're going to praise the one. Yeah. Because as you praise the one, those words of encouragement, 
those affectionate words, you see, will do what? It'll cause him to want to do two next time, three next time, four, and get all five done. That's the reason I like that. But what are we putting? We're putting this into what? A, a situation to say, how can we grow our relationship with God? Well, you don't understand. I got a lot of things to do, and I got a real busy schedule. Is that going to fly when it comes to you and your wife? No. We haven't even seen each other all week long. We've been so busy. Well, that's your fault. Because it means you're too busy. I'm so tired, I can't spend time with you today. Uh, when you were dating, you stayed up till 4 in the morning, got up at 6, and we're happy to see her all the next night. Hmm? Because there was an excitement. And maybe the, the whole idea that you're not spending time is the reason why there's no longer excitement. Right? I mean, these are just good thoughts to think of. And so when you begin to relate those to how we actually do our relationship with God, is our relationship with God this building? But do you, do you realize for most people it is? And I'm not talking about Boomerang Church here. I'm talking about a quote-unquote church building is their relationship with God. It's their time to, to be spiritual. That's why they don't really care if they understand anything. They just want a sermon that leaves them alone, allows them to feel better, and sounds real spiritual in nature so that they can feel like they've really done a religious duty. So if you preach a message that causes individuals to have to do inward reflection and be accountable to themselves. Oh my gosh, I mean, get me out of here. Let me go find a church, where, a church where there's just a screen up there and there's no pastor. And those churches are growing leaps and bounds. They are. I mean, there's a, it's called, I forget, Life um, TV, TV Church or something like that in Tulsa. And... Uh, they're going up all over, all over the state of Oklahoma right now. It's the fastest booming thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And their church parking lots, even Saturday night, Sunday morning, they're just literally packed. People out there directing traffic at all the different locations. They're all booming. And there's no pastor. It's all a screen watching a service. It's being piped in for them. And, of course, they've got some worship people that are there and people up on the platform that are working with the interacting with the screen type of deal, you know, to kind of keep the involvement of the people. But what does it show you? What does it tell you? It tells you people today want to be what? They want to be removed from any type of connection. Well, if we want to be removed from any type of connection with people that we should and do see, how in the world are we going to have any type of skill set to know how to connect with God whom we don't see? Does that make sense with everybody? Yeah. See, we were talking about, just even on the way here, if you, if, you, if you took away all cell phones and we went back to landlines and you took away all internet capabilities, no one had internet, no one had cell phones, just those two things right there, just those two things, and you went back to TV where you only had um, ABC, NBC, CBS. And then you had maybe a PBS or something like that, another station. Like you had four stations, that's it. Okay? If, if, that, if, if immediately you just did that, guess what? We'd actually have to want to get to know our neighbors. 
because there would be no other connections for us to be so involved with that we could literally stay inside of our house, not even know who's next door to us. Oh, you mean the people that were there, they, they moved? Yeah, they moved. When did they move? Oh, they moved six years ago. Oh, you're kidding me. Really? Where have I been? Yeah, that's it. See, that's how disconnected we are to people. Because years ago, it was all about your neighbors. It was all about friends and family. It was all about connections personally with one another because you didn't have the connections elsewhere to be not only distracted, but you needed one another. You needed friends. I mean, that's back in the days where, and you all know this, back in the days where your car was never locked and your doors were never locked. And you tell neighbors of yours you're going on a vacation for uh, a week and a half, could you watch the house? And you'd give them keys to your house. And they'd use your pool and they'd take care of everything. And when you got back home, nothing was missing. Because there was a respect, right? Okay, so for these few moments, all I've done is try to get you to just relate to things that you can relate to to see how much we have to work on relationships more now than ever before and how we have to center our focus upon a real connection with God more so than ever before. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's easier for people to have a relationship with God that's very tangible, that's very real with a lot of time today or maybe 60 years ago? 60 years ago. Yep. Yep. See how this is working? Is it working in our favor? Technology and advancement of society? No, it's not in our favor. We're more comfortable. We're in a sense, in one, in one sense, kind of lazier. We, we seem to feel like we eat better and we have a better quality of life, and yet we don't at all. It's just the exact opposite. Just the exact opposite. So that's not a downer for anybody, but that is to share with us. Each one of us has to communicate. We've got to put some meditation into service. We've got to learn how to appreciate. What? God. The last thing I'll say is this. When you're doing all these things, what are some of the benefits? And I know we're not going to, we'll keep this G-rated, okay? But what are some of the benefits? One of the biggest benefits is what? The connection, physically the intimacy. The closeness. The holding of a hand. The sweet hug and embrace of a spouse or a loved one or, or a friend. There's an intimacy. Which, which comes to what? Very real. This isn't just a love letter now. This is very real. Could God become real to us? Come on, it's, a, it's about what direction you give yourself to the most where your heart is more attached to. And if it's more attached to God and the spirit realm, don't you think in time that realm can be fostered to become very, very real. And the experiences you see that God does in your life now become the daily experiences you have with him personally. Yes. Yes. So that's where we're heading this morning. I trust that was an encouragement to you. Really, everything that we do as we talk here this morning in the service 
all of it's really pointing towards what we just shared in just a few minutes and what you helped me to share, which was just locating some of the important things that we've learned uh, by uh, being friends or having some type of relationship of, of how to keep that relationship, how to, how to progress that relationship, how to move it forward, how to keep it from going backwards. Right? Very simple. doesn't have to be difficult. But definitely has to be what? Applied. So, all right, Pastor. Hopefully that was an okay start. <laughs> so the first thing that we talked about was if we love somebody, then we start taking thought. Well, all he's doing right from the get-go is saying, hey, if we're going to connect with God and it's going to become real, then we should start putting some effort and thought into this. And that's what we're doing right off the bat. Are you already thinking, man, what can I change? What can I do better? And why would I do that? Because I love God. I know he's putting thought into me. And so, Lord, we just receive from you. Lord, we seek to just uh, live in a connection, a tangible connection with you and share experiences with you, Lord. We just thank you for it. We want to spend time with you. We want to give you more and more and watch as our more and more with you actually answers the questions and solves the problems that we have in our life as well. Lord, we receive from you and we give to you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Get ready. Take that expectation into these services, and uh, they're going to be great ones. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us.